0: Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the cast. My name is Praise, and I'm joined by uh, my godbrother, friend, my colleague, and cohort in tandem. Hey, Boringo. And uh, we're just going to jump right into this because um, there is so much to discuss. Uh, And our topic today um, So I'm going to be recording two episodes back to back, or at least I hope so. Um, But because we have so much to talk about, and I have my computer in front of me, uh, we're going to be diving into the case for HBO Max and Warner Brothers, meaning what it means, kind of catching guys up. We're going to do the abstract of everything. We're going to present this like a case, uh, opening statements and all, um, our reasons why we feel the way we feel, um, hopefully judge a little bit of the pros and cons, um, and also what this could mean for the industry in the future. Um this big shift uh the shift that we're referring to if you don't know is i forgot when but if about a month now or what a few weeks ago a few weeks ago i'll say um hbo uh or at least warner brothers decided to move their entire slate of 2021 films i think this is like a about 10 or 15 movies of next year Um, they decided that while also releasing it in theaters, uh, people will have access to it on their streaming service devices or HBO Max um, specifically. It'll be available um, the same day that the movies were to release. So right now, uh, that's what we're going to be discussing. I'm going, me and Abar are going to be kind of dispersing. Well, Abar can chime in whenever he wants. Um, I'm going to be dispersing uh, the abstract and everything that's, the story up to this point, basically, and what's happened uh, since this announcement. So, starting with when they did announce it. So Warner Brothers, uh, I'm looking at the Washington Post right now. So Warner Brothers had decided to. Okay, it says Warner Brothers on Thursday shocked the entertainment world by saying it would pull it would put all of its 2021 movies as 17 title list that includes such highly awaited films as Dune in the Heights. That's a uh, Justin, uh, I don't know if uh, it's a Justin Chu or John Chu produced oh. film where Lin-Manuel Miranda also producing and doing the music for it. Um, it's I think it's based off one of his plays and also the Matrix for, amongst other big films um, on HBO Max. At the same time, they play in theaters, upending a well-established business model in the hope of it. Re- of redeeming a flagging streaming service or a flagging streaming service is what it says. Um, sorry, I read that wrong. So basically, that this is the case that we're dealing with. Uh, the reason why so many people are at an uproar about this arrangement, uh, if you don't know, a lot of other smaller subsidiary companies, not smaller, but um, they're also, they work a lot with, with um warner brothers on like legendary they produce a lot of their some of their superhero content a lot of their christopher nolan's movies are also co-funded by legendary they helped a lot with the MonsterVerse that warner brothers is currently doing They uh which i'm talking about is godzilla kong um godzilla king of monsters and they're also going to be doing go- uh, godzilla versus kong um or they also front up the bill for some of that money same with dune um people uh, are really getting upset with Warner Brothers right now because it seems that they didn't really discuss uh, this announcement beforehand. And
1: with like any of the producers or like directors or anyone really.
0: You're right. And with a lot of these bigger films, sometimes uh, actors are, you know, sometimes they have back-end deals. Uh, like for instance, Christopher Nolan with this last film he did, this was before, you know, COVID and all that stuff uh it was revealed that he um would get a 20% cut off the top um for tenant, which meant like if that thing made a billion dollars uh he would have been gifted 200 million dollars before like I think maybe outside of the studio execs he probably would have gotten that money right away um which is a crazy thing to think about um because I love Christopher Nolan as much as the next guy but that man really uh i guess uh, there's a saying in uh, hollywood that goes it's not show friends it's show business and they also say you don't get what you deserve you get what you negotiated and he that man negotiated a really really big deal um pro they'll probably never do a deal like that with anybody if they're smart at least um ever again um but he got what he negotiated for and obviously that People consider that movie a flop, but given the circumstances, I don't really consider it a flop because of what it was able to do long lasting. Like, I think right now, if I, if I check show times, it was probably still in theaters as me and Abel are speaking right now um, in Arizona, at least where we're at. So with all that kind of set in motion, uh, there's been talk of potential um, uh, like strikes with the DGA, the Directors Guild of America and the Writers Guild of America as well, WGA, um, which are obviously very big without these two organizations, which work heavily with uh, Warner brothers on their films, meaning the people that work with the guild, they have to get paid a certain amount. They can't um, they work a certain amount of hours and uh, actors are the same thing. Like where uh, they can basically tell directors, like, look, if they strike, that's basically kind of shit saying to Warner brothers, like, look, we're not no longer going to make movies for y'all if y'all are going to be doing these back-end deals or not really telling us what, giving us any input on what we can do with the film or um, letting us know ahead of time anything where we don't have a say. Um, And that's kind of like what the studio is currently worried about um, is the potential worry of like a strike looming. Uh, We haven't had a strike since 2007 with the Writers Guild and that lasted 100 days. So like hundred (laughs) days.
1: i mean there were some we bad got re- movies that
0: came out during that time <laughs> we get we really paid for that um uh everybody didn't cause to that um but uh nonetheless uh so with all that being said we've also had a few comments from directors that have um you know spoken on this issue uh the first one being you know uh the man himself christopher nolan he tweeted um as soon as he heard the news he tweeted uh uh so it says okay sorry um okay yeah so this is what he wrote on his twitter account it says um produces okay i don't it's not saying when he did it but i this was like a few days after the announcement was made he said some of our and i quote and i'm reading this off the hollywood reporter um some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out that they were working for the worst streaming service. Um, like,
1: right direct. <laughs> just like, there's no misunderstanding that. There's no misunderstanding.
0: <laughs> um, like Abel said, there is literally no, this is like, to me, the best insult since like the the guys at the theater, the theater exhibitors that threatened Universal <laughs> in the beginning of the year. I would love like how they were like, Oh, we're going to remember this. I thought that was so badass. on am not going <laughs> to that speech. I didn't, one day I want to meet them and say, good on you, kid. Like, that was really cool. <laughs> um, but obviously Christopher Nolan um, did, people are saying that he's, you know, a little bit too, he was a little bit too precocious with the draw on this. And, you know, I kind of get where he's coming from. He did put his film out there, hoping that it would bring back a lot of movies to prompt them to be in more, theaters uh in the latter half of the year oh, yeah, he and believed
1: I, he believed in like cinema re- you know returning more than anyone really
0: and um he was willing to sacrifice like his film to do that and be the first penguin in the ocean to jump off of the heavy cliff and obviously you know it seems like whatever deal he thought he whatever he thought was going to happen obviously didn't um with all these movies being pushed back as soon as as soon as his movie it came out and and they saw that it wasn't doing well. Um, well, it was doing decent, but not Christopher Nolan good. Uh, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, I can attest, and Abel can attest. We've seen it a um, we saw that movie a modicum of times. Um, I don't think I'll see it again, only because like me and Abel shared like a really cool tenant like moment. Um, the last time I had seen it, and I was really happy with my experience. He made me happy with my experience overall. Uh, once we saw, it. I won't spoil the movie if you haven't seen it, but um me and Abel had like a very the way the ending plays out in that film is kind of like an ending that me and him kind of came to within our viewing experiences of the film putting them together um and and in the sense like he was the John David Washington character and I was like more of the Robert Panson character because I had seen it so many times um and we were kind of piecing everything together uh but other than that I'll just leave it at that but it was just really cool and uh, it was a really, I feel like it was a really good movie experience outside of the audio issues that they had with that film. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and, I, I know uh, we never
1: re- did a review for it, but it, it is a really, it's a really uh, unique, yeah. good movie.
0: And um, it sucks to see that, you know, people like him have to stand up and really kind of be the ones to say what everybody's thinking in a way. Uh, I was just really caught off guard that he did it so soon. Um, but, you know, good on him. You know, he feel, he says what he feels and I respect that. And uh, that was about a few days after. Um, Most recently, uh, as recent as December 10th, we got um, also some words uh, from the director of Dune, Denis Villeneuve, who has become one of the uh, biggest storytellers uh, within the last few years with his uh, critical acclaim and his um, financial, you know, financial successes here and there. For the most part, he's been a financial success for A serial like warner brothers with his films that he's released thus far and cinephiles love him um people are really excited with this film that he made and you know it's kind of weird to see that all this hard work that they put into this film you know the fact that it would just be released on the that doesn't i can understand why it wouldn't sit right with anybody so with that um it didn't sit right with legendary they're considering suing apparently um for or at least Trying to stop the deal of that, of at least Dune having to release on the same time or whatever as HBO Max. But they're probably sitting down with these people after the fact and trying to so, so, save some of their credibility with them in a way. But um, this is basically, I'm going to just read a few excerpts from the Variety article that was uh, written by Denis Villeneuve. Um released on December 10th of at 5 p.m. apparently. So I like the fact that he kind of that they kind of released it in the afternoon. That's kind of funny. I don't know why. <laughs> um uh anyway, so it says, uh, okay, so he kind of said a lot of stuff. I'm gonna try to cherry pick the things that I felt were uh really good. Um I'm gonna read the amount that uh I saw John campion read on his show and he was explaining all this. So this is what it says. I learned in the news, and I or and I quote, it says, I learned in the news that Warner Brothers has decided to release Dune on HBO Max at the same time as our theatrical release, using prominent images from our movie to promote their streaming service. With this decision, AT&T has hijacked one of the most respectable and important studios in film history. There's absolutely no love for cinema, nor the audience here. It is all about the survival of a telecom mammoth, one that is currently bearing an astronomical debt of more than 150 billion dollars there I, I he didn't say that in the article but i, I wanted to <laughs> clarify. B. artist yeah.
1: creativity yeah yeah
0: um therefore even though dune is about cinema and audiences at and is about its own survival on wall street with hbo's max with hbo max's launch a failure thus far <laughs> <laughs> AT <laughs> decided to sacrifice Warner Brothers' entire 2021 slate in a desperate attempt to grab the audience attention. Uh, so this is the last bit I'm going to read really quickly. Um, uh, actually, there's a lot, but I'm trying to like find. Um, okay, it's a, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna jump around a little bit from here on out. Um, uh, Warner Brothers' sudden reversal from being a legacy home for filmmakers to a new era of complete disregard draws a clear line for me. Filmmaking is a collaboration reliant on the mutual trust of a team of teamwork, and Warner Brothers has declared that they are no longer on the same team. Streaming services are a positive and powerful addition to the movie TV, uh, and TV ecosystems, but I want the audience to understand that streaming alone can sustain the film industry as we know as we knew it before COVID. Streaming can produce great content, but not movies of Dune's scope and scale. <laughs> Warner Brothers' decision means Dune won't have the chance to promote, perform. Financially, in order to be viable, and piracy will ultimately triumph. Yeah, that is true. We're going to talk that about
1: That is absolutely true, yeah.
0: Um, Warner Brothers might just have killed the Dune franchise. This one is for the fans. at ts John Stanky <laughs> 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 said that the streaming horse left the barn. In truth, the horse left the barn for the slaughterhouse. Public safety comes first. Nobody argued that, which is why when it – became apparent the winter would bring a second wave of the pandemic i understood and supported the decision to delay dune's opening by almost a year the plan was that dune would open in theaters in october of 2021 when vaccinations will be advanced and hopefully the virus behind us science tells us that everything should be back to a new normal next fall dune is by far the best movie i've ever made my team and i Uh, devoted more than three years of our lives to make it a unique big screen experience. Our movies, images, and sound were meticulously designed to be seen in theaters. I'm speaking on behalf of my own, uh, though I stand in solidarity with, with the other 16 filmmakers who now face the same fate. Please know I am with you and that together we are strong. The artists are the ones who create the movies and series. I strongly believe the future of cinema will be on the big screen, no matter what any Wall Street Dylan Anthony says. Uh, Since the dawn of time, humans have deep... I love this part right here. Since the dawn of time, humans have deeply needed communal storytelling experiences. Cinema on the big screen is more than a business. It is an art form that brings people together, celebrating humanity, enhancing our empathy for one another, and it's one of the very last artistic in-person collective experiences we share as human beings I uh, that part. Yeah. once the pandemic is over theaters will be filled again with film lovers this is my strong belief not because the movie industry needs it but because we humans need cinema as a collective experience so just as I built fiduciary and creative responsibility to fulfill as a filmmaker I call on AT&T to act swiftly with the same responsibility, respect and regard to protect this vital cultural medium. Economic impact to stakeholders is only one aspect of the corporate social responsibility, finding ways to enhance culture is another. The movie going experience is like no other. In those darkened theaters, uh, films capture our history, educate us, fuel our imagination and lift and inspire our collective spirit. It is our legacy. Long live theatrical cinema, Denis Villeneuve.
1: Yeah, that's why he's my favorite director, man. Like, one of my favorites. Like, he just understands cinema.
0: He just understands cinema. Like, <laughs> like him, him and
1: Christopher Nolan are just, like, people who just understand cinema, you know? Yeah,
0: and they will, like, die on the, the, the last hill before they let, you know, die, theaters go down. <laughs> <village>. um, <laughs> but it is, uh, so those are some things that have came out from directors that, have been obviously big Warner brothers people or the majority of their films have been released from Warner brothers, uh, estate, um, so to speak. And obviously with, so now we, now that you've kind of heard everything right now, um, the most recent thing that we've gotten is that, that, uh, all the guilds are going to meet with Warner brothers to see how they can rectify everything that's gone on. And, and studios are also going to have to be notified with, uh, going to have to set meetings with the Warner Brothers to find out how they're going to get paid and what's what's the real plan going to be uh, outside of their immediate decision. And Warner Brothers is going to have to make up a lot of um, a lot of uh, high rope that they had to climb because of everything that went on with their announcement. Um, it was both shocking and very much a bold bold move. Um, you know, I
1: think
0: it finally- is
1: kind of I mean we'll, we'll get into it more later but I think it is really crappy that they didn't tell any of their directors or anyone about this. This was like high, so high up.
0: He <laughs> said so
1: high up. And like, <laughs> said it so, like
0: they, it, it's, it's so high up.
1: But like, also, it's just the fact that, like, you know, like, uh these are like their, they're like, they're people. And like, yeah. you know, this is their, like, they their creativity and all their, it's like, weird, projects. And it's just like, they didn't get a say in it. I don't know. It's, it's crazy to me.
0: But uh, now that you've heard all that you've heard, we've just set the abstract for you. Now you're all caught up to what we're about to discuss. So my first question to Abel, since I've mostly talked way too much, um, what were your initial thoughts on everything that you heard and all the news that we've received so far on this topic? I kind of want you to go into that before we get into the dissection of um, what we'll be discussing further.
1: Um well I mean when i when I heard it it was certainly super shocking to see because nothing like this has ever been done ever like just okay. it it just shows how far like you know civilization is where it's like you know no more movies you go into the movies to like watch all the new releases like the fact that you yeah. can watch them on streaming like it's an idea that's been floated around but never really uh like in- uh, initiated just because it's like you know there is a lot of like you lose something, you know, when you do something like that. But yeah, it is, I mean, but during this pandemic, and it's like, I can kind of understand, like, they don't want to sit on these movies forever, and like, you know, the more time goes by, it's like, you you know, like, you can't judge, you can't make, like, a King Kong sequel if you haven't even seen what, like, if you can't even release, like, you know, the first one, you know, just like, you need, like, I get why they want, they have to have that catalog put out. But it's also, it seems very greedy and it seems very, like, corporate-esque. Like, you know, it's like, just to, like, Deli, like uh, Denny Villeneuve said, like, it's it's absolutely just to, like, please the the stockbrokers and, like, yeah. all the financial people with, like, a plan. But, I mean, it, it all... It's a, it's a it's very good. gray area, though, because, you know, you don't want people rushing back into the cinema either because this pandemic is a serious thing. But, you know... Yeah. Like Villeneuve said again, like it's like they'll have a vaccine by next year. Like things will regress normally. And this is just a bit like too sudden and too, too like forced, you know, it's just yeah. like things were going to go back, but like you're forcing it too early and at the expense of all these directors, I don't think it's a good idea. Like, right. <laughs> I, like I kind of initially I was, i was all for it because you know like it's very consumer friendly because you know you get like with the price of an hbo subscription you get to watch all these great movies but yeah. you know just thinking about it in a larger sense like as a like a film fan and like wow. film enthusiast it just it it's not a good thing to do <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i totally understand like i i'm kind of gonna hearken the same things he said um I honestly believe that this shift, kind of, uh, I feel like Universal started this little transition that we, you know, we thought was going to be like a very rare thing and only happened to a studio like that. But now we're seeing the same thing with um, with Warner Brothers occurring with this announcement, and um, I know Disney uh, didn't really. They're still saying that a lot. Some majority of their big films will be released in theaters and not on Disney
1: Plus. Uh, they are really... for sure sticking to their guns. I've noticed that yeah. with Disney,
0: and um, obviously they're gonna be the ones to save cinema <laughs> <laughs> uh, next year, hopefully, um, as they always do. But um, <clears throat> uh, kind of like, yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm basically on the same page as Abel right now with the whole. You know, they kind of did their uh, creators dirty. Um, they really got to make up a lot of slack for what they did and hopefully we can present a case um, both for what they did and against what they did and let you decide what you feel on the topic given what you've heard. Um, we're going to try to be uh, as non-biased as we can with the information that we have access to being the internet. Um, <clears throat> anything that I t- we talk about here has already been discussed in other circles and uh, we're not breaking any scoops or anything. Um, we're just going to be giving our own opinions coming from a film fan's point of view so if you don't feel the same way please do not go on to us to get mad or whatever in the comments because um, we're just doing this to have fun and, and engage in conversation so now we're gonna go uh so do you want to start with the case for or against able i say let's go for the case against but i'll let you decide because i feel like we're kind of on the steamrolling of not really being pleased with what Well, their decisions were, but um, uh, what do you want to start with? The case against or the case for? Abel? If you're talking right now, I can't hear you, Abel. Abel? Okay, I'm back. Uh,
1: So we're doing a case for and against Warner Brothers, right?
0: Yes. Uh, so, where would you like to where would you like to start with this? We have a lot to get through.
1: Uh, let's start with four. Let's start. four. With mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. I didn't. I, I honestly didn't know which, which side you would go for. But all right, let's get it. Um. So this is where we're going to try to play devil's advocate against our worrisome thoughts of uh, the potential ongoings with what's happened with Warner Brothers and Hollywood and HBO Max. So the case for now, what I think could benefit, or do, actually I feel like I've been talking too much. So um, I'll just sell, like the premise for what the case for would be. And then we can go on from there with what you think, Abel, because I want to mm-hmm. hear a little bit more from you. Um, so the case for is usually where we just explain um, maybe what good could come of this, uh, both the impact it could have on the industry to the uh, the type of new innovations it could lead to or um you know what what good can come out of the the whatever the topic is at hand that we're discussing um so with all that being said I guess Abel um so what do you feel like is the case uh like what from where Warner Brothers was coming from with this announcement um what do you think the case for them would be like all the factors that obviously you know I don't want to list them out because I feel like you'll be able to do that but um, where do you how do you see this? Um like where where should we see it from their point of view, basically is what I'm trying to ask. Like give me all the reasons why you think they did what they did and the decision that they came to. Why?
1: Okay, I'll start off with uh with three. Uh first of I'm all, good. um there's uh there's a whole year. Next year is is in, in, completely unpredictable. I mean if this year's anything to go by. So um, it could be very similar with all their film releases, like, you know, like putting in the money to market them and right. like, distribute them and putting all this effort in next year, you know, with all these proposed dates. And then this pandemic and, you know, this shutdown still being such a factor that like people, uh, you know, aren't ready to go back to cinema so fast and they end up losing money because just like with Tenant, it's just kind of like it's too soon yeah and and they just they can't uh the second point um I do understand that like they are trying to basically make uh the like a safe environment and make sure everyone you know like they don't want they don't want to be responsible for the already- ca- like ca- catastrophic death toll that's that's uh, right. you know on the horizon and you know currently happening i'm sorry, give me a second my dog's barking. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that um but uh yeah no also yeah the um they they want to be they want people to be safe and i kind of understand that you know you don't want to add to that right. and the third thing i can add that why this is a positive is because you know um not so much for the the general consumers but they really want their HBO max to, you know, really push new limits. Like they want to be a contender in the streaming service wars and, you know, they want to have that Disney plus budget to make all these original ideas, you know, like, especially with IPs so, so big, like, you know, like, uh, uh, um, I know they have the, the DC DC stuff and a lot of other, I can't think of other ones off the top of my head, but they have a lot of different IPs. Right. That they just don't have the budget for, you know, like Disney does, because they don't have such a huge like, um, how, how like they're they're not making billion dollar movies of- every other weekend, you know. So like something yeah. like this is just it's just to get them like rolling and like get them you know get that streaming service to a, a state where they can kind of like push the next level ideas. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: That's actually like really good, like really solid, like points. Honestly, like if uh i I feel like all of these are uh, I kind of um put down uh generally what uh, you had brought up in your um in the case like both the unpredictability of this year and next year and um all that can lead to both with them not being able to release their films as they would normally in theaters because of everything that's going on and the there's only so long like uh, abel was saying earlier where you can keep a film in there before you start losing money on how long you're keeping it uh just away from um away from the market that your company resides in this case being film um so i uh, that totally makes sense with the unpredict- the i put unpredictability of everything um then also the factor of the COVID 19 pandemic which have kept everybody in their homes and away from theaters for a very long time. Um, you know, they're, they were slowly and surely being opened back up, but it seems like a lot of them are starting to close again, um, given the second wave that
1: you'd uh, read about and all that jazz. Yeah, people um, and, are still definitely very um, scared.
0: Um, So, yeah, that's also a big factor, um, which I also agree with. And then HBO Max, this will give them a fighting chance, or at least a modicum of a fighting chance to begin um their effort in thriving and innovating the streaming wars as we like to call them and as everybody has been uh coin- coining that phrase so i'm kind of all for the case for them uh i think a lot of that makes sense the only th- i don't know if i would really add a lot to this because it seems so definite like why this seems like the reason why they would do it if anything um uh, i'm just going to speak a little bit more on some of them and then kind of move on because i don't want to drag it if we know if we kind of already figured some of this case out. Uh, And a lot of our conversation, because we're kind of just talking about facts right now, but a lot I do want us to get into more of the opinion stuff, which is going to be after the case for and the case against. So um, with that, uh, I'm thinking the same thing, unpredictability. You know, we're still in unpredictable times, so that makes sense. COVID-19 pandemic is still around currently. We could be looking at, uh, they said that, obviously with vaccines potentially being, Uh, being available to everybody. We, I would like to think that we would be able to get it all under control, but there might be also those people that refuse to take uh, the vaccines and, you know, don't wear the mask and all that stuff, which is obviously totally fine if they want. In all honesty, in all retrospect, it's not really considered to everybody else, but, you know, we're the land of the free, home of the brave, and I say that very loosely, but, um, you know, there's only, there's only so much you can tell a person to do. It honestly is up to them whether or not they want to be smart about their Um, where they put themselves in certain environments. So, uh, yeah, that's where I stand with that. And then HBO Max. um, HBO Max, I haven't really seen, gotten a good look at all the content that is on there, if there is any. Obviously, HBO has a catalog of wonderful programming, um, be it from, they've created some of the greatest American television shows in history still to this day. Um, People uh, contest that The Sopranos is the greatest television show in America of all time. Um, and I after seeing it I definitely understand why (laughs) Uh, and I feel the exact same way after watching it because it is a really really great show Um, alongside that they have things like The Wire they have things like uh, I don't know I just know a lot of their shows are part of stuff like Game of Thrones stuff like like they're in the side guys a lot with a lot of their content Um, I'm thinking now that I guess that's not really enough to really keep their subscribers engaged and the good thing about Netflix is also the bad thing about Netflix. You get so much content inundated to you that you don't really know what to do with the amount of stuff that they put out. Um, I'm hope, I am I feel like uh, we're going to get into this uh, later when we do the Disney stuff. Not like in this part, but um, in the next episode when we talk about the Disney stuff. Um, I've seen that the sh- the way they're going um, is a lot different from the way Warner Bros. is going. Um, obviously, they're using their high tenfold films to give themselves a leg up. Um, but now we have so much stuff to look forward to uh, in the Disney Plus uh, stuff that they announced too, which we're going to be talking about soon. But nonetheless, that's I uh, t- that's my uh, addition to the points that were already set by Abel. Um, so I'm going to try to set the case against, and Abel, you just pitch in with any ideas if you have any. Mm-hmm. Um, I also kind of want to go about it with bullet points as well. I think the the case against is that they obviously didn't tell anybody yeah. their announcement <laughs> beforehand, which is a big, a big no-no. Um, uh, so I would say lack of communication was their first. Uh, mm. w- would you call it like a misdemeanor uh, uh, or a I strike? Okay, I missed a lack of communication, and then so that's and me and you will get into what that means in a, in a little bit, uh, so that we can both discuss because I know you want to chime in too. My second case against them would be. Um uh oh man.
1: I don't know. I I what do, what do you got
0: Evo? What's the second case? Uh, against,
1: against them, them like- I would say it's kinda greedy. It's not very um how do you say? Like it is very for the company and not for the creators. Um like it you know, it this streaming service model, like like I said, it, it helps the investors yeah. a lot and it helps, you know, like promote yeah. them as a company and it helps get their, their stock up, but like the directors lose so much money on, you know, like on stuff that they spent, you know, years on, on a a year or more on. And it's like planning and like passionate stuff. It's, it's kind of like to just take that away from them, take away, like, you know, their, their, uh,
0: their live, their
1: presentation and their, their, uh, their livelihood you know their money they make from it to fund other stuff it it's definitely a greedy move
0: uh and so i guess uh the last case against them would be like the the repercussions like the long last absolutely yeah that's a good point um would be like our last big case against them so uh i feel like i don't know if that would be like more of a conclusion type deal but but I will right, we'll just yeah because that. it's it's
1: it's certainly something that like you know if this does succeed, then this could certainly absolutely start you know begin the right. end of cinema as we know it, like absolutely,
0: so with that so let's go into like the lack of communication um, we talked a little bit about this earlier in our dissection of this. <laughs> I feel like a lawyer right now <laughs> when I'm doing this. <laughs> um, there's a lot to go through. Um, but the, the so the lack of communication scene, we talked about it earlier. Some of the subsidiaries of uh, close studios that Warner Brothers works with, um, they're very upset with the progression of things as well as actors, guilds um, that are very recognizable and very established in Hollywood that can honestly make Warner Brothers life really hard. Um, if they don't find a way to rectify this with their peoples. And um so I would say was the reason why it's so important, um, Denis Villeneuve kind of said it best when he was like, you know, this is a mutual partnership. Uh, obviously let's, um, I want to talk about the situation with Wonder Woman and how that's a little bit different from the, all the movies that they announced for this 2020 slate or 2021 slate. So apparently with the Wonder Woman case, uh, cause I feel like that's very important evidence so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, it was said beforehand that before they, uh, before Max was going to make this announcement, they did talk to Patty Jenkins and sat down with their whole everybody that they would need to sat down with with that film to do what they should have done with everybody else, um, with with the, that specific creator and their film, uh, because it was so close to being released and they wanted to make sure that they at least got that covered in the basis of, uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Gal Gadot gets back end credit oh. for this one uh, in some particular form, and obviously Patty Jenkins might as well because she's returning as the director. And I, from what I hear, what they the deal that they got was the amount that the studio thought it was going to make, which could have been around like eight hundred million. You know, long like I guess opening weekend numbers feel like it would be like seven hundred eight million. I think when it first came out, I forgot how much it made opening weekend, but let me check that right now while. I continue to try to talk at the same time. Um we can numbers. But um basically Warner Brothers obviously knew that it would make um money uh because it made money for them last time in 2017. Uh so apparently uh it opened with one hundred and three point one million dollars. So uh I guess what they could have gotten was uh uh you know around i don't know how much they i don't want to spout random numbers but um they obviously got um whatever because because i guess the way they're looking at this now is most of what they're going to be looking at in terms of data and if their plan is successful is the amount of subscriber base they can get after the after these films have been released each one of them and also um how i guess the subscriber count and also like where uh it won't the the box office to them won't be as as uh, much of a pressure anymore because um, they're not expecting to make a lot of money with the movies in theaters. Uh, even they will make money in theaters no matter what because there will be some people that go to these movies to their own discretion and to their own safety and all that stuff. Um, I'm one of these people. I'm not gonna lie. I'll see. I'm gonna see it opening day the minute mm-hmm. it comes out. Um, I'm not gonna lie, but um, obviously they had the deal where you know, Warner Brothers knew it was going to make a certain amount, so they gave them... They tried to negotiate a deal, uh, an undisclosed amount to make sure that they were given those back-end deals before their announcement of it moving to streaming. Mm. You know what I mean? So, that's the deal that they got. Now, the deal that I just mentioned, they didn't do that with anybody else, which is why a lot of the people are upset with what they did. Um, They just kind of did... They did their announcement and that was it. Uh, So, that's why that... uh, this is very important in regards to the rest of the lack of communication, like I said, people have back end deals people have um a percentage they they might take out of the film or whatever so on and so forth so they also had to make. they never talked to their um to their creators about it, which is what me um being able to mention you want to go more into like how you felt like the uh how lack of communication may have played a role in the way uh the creators felt from Things that we've heard so far or yeah, want to go more I, in depth I mean, on like, that, Abel?
1: The fact that, like, you know, like you said, like, they they talked with Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins and, like, they let them know and, like, they made them feel still. So, and it, it has to be pretty, like, awful as another director to feel like, oh, you know, like, I guess my vision isn't on the same level as, you know, the, the big IP stuff. right? And it's, and it's like, I guess I just go straight to streaming. It is definitely, it's an insulting thing. And I don't know why all these creators started, you know, like spoke up yeah. against this.
0: Yeah. And uh, I guess with the studios as well, um, now that we've gotten to the studio aspect of it, apparently 70% of Dune's budget as well as uh, Godzilla versus Kong's budget was uh, the the bill was fit by Legendary Pictures, uh, who is a very good friend of Warner Brothers and have produced a lot of their films, be it Nolan films, be it uh, a big IP films such as the ones that I just mentioned. And that's also something that they did not account for um, in their decision to make this announcement. Um, so my things on that is... When it comes to stuff like that, that's a big deal because, like you know, that's a really that's one of their home uh, homegrown studios. It's a studio that's worked with them a lot of times, and um, you're really losing credibility. They're like now, when you want to make one of your HBO Max shows and you want Legendary Pictures help, they could say, "No, you're just gonna, you know, you're not gonna let me know what goes on." Like you know, it's gonna really create a mistrust in them with their what they thought oh, yeah, was absolutely. their Absolutely, and friend. like you
1: know before. So, Warner Brothers mm-hmm. was like the place to go like they green light they green light a right. lot of original ideas and original creators like there's a reason why Christopher Nolan sticks with Warner Brothers like and it's yeah
0: they're the stu- their uh director's studio is what they call themselves or the the studio for the directors basically is exactly. what they pride themselves on being yeah. So, but, yeah yeah so yeah uh I think that uh the The fact that you know they fit it, they fit the bill for that much cash, and they're kind of like not even having a say is also a very big insult that could potentially damage their relationship with them in the future, which we'll probably get into on the long-lasting and and ramifications of everything. Um, so with that, we've kind of covered the lack of communication as much as we can to the, a very degree. Um, now let's go more into like what you meant, what we meant by like very for the company, meaning like you know the greedy aspect and the changing aspects of that obviously we're not yeah we're not in those investor meetings we don't know what goes on um obviously they let us know as much as we would need to know and when it comes to big decisions like this people do want to know what's going on because it's not only affecting uh at the end of the day movies are not as big as what's been going on in the world. But right now we're talking about the bubble that we're in in regards to filmmaking. Um, so I also want to point that out that we're not saying film is more important than anybody's lives or anything like that. Um, we're just saying in the retrospect of the industry, which we me and Abel both uh, love and respect, uh, there's just a lot that, uh, that can be taken in the wrong way. And I think in regards to Warner Brothers' case here, um, the The very for the company aspect is very, has played a big factor since I feel like a few years back dating back to, this is a little bit more evidence. I feel like a lawyer. Um, they're going, they, if you remember correctly, when Zack Snyder's tragedy, uh, happened with, um, his, with, uh, his family and what happened, they redid a lot of the movie, um, with Joss Whedon at, and the director's chair and all that stuff. And he reshot a lot of it. And, um, they really keep in mind that that film. Uh, they could have pushed it back if they wanted to. From what I remember hearing about that process of redoing that film before the end of the year, getting it out there, but at a certain time was because uh, people that were about to leave Warner Brothers or do the AT and T merger, they wanted their big check before they. They left. also wanted to. Uh, um, if I, and if I heard I
1: correctly, they wanted to compete with uh, with. Um like avengers that year right if i if i remember correctly
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah oh yeah that uh because uh, did justice come on 17, 10, 17 yeah. or 18 17 right 17 yeah so then yeah that would have been like a few months before uh infinity war um yeah they wanted to rush um and they also wanted the bill wanted the cash so uh you know it cost them dearly because that film was not as well received as they had hoped. It was, I guess, looked at in medium standards, like, "Oh, okay, not a B two film, whatever kind of deal." I guess. I yeah, at least that uh-huh. it. It was very mad. That, like, uh, I um, feel like a lot of
1: kind of like, um, didn't. was just
0: kind of run of the mill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Abel>. <laughs> laughing lot you say, certain things, you, dude. Uh, but yeah, so uh that was a big you know um after the 18 team merger did happen it seemed like a lot of that focus was on all right we need to really start building this streaming service if we're going to do it like we got to do it now um we're going to be very behind i feel like that's where they went with creating hbo max and you know they had hbo go for a while then hbo go went away then they finally did hbo max and hbo max you know started losing a lot of content you know um they kept saying, Oh, stuff like Harry Potter is going to be there. Stuff like their big catalog films are going to be there. Literally, I think a few weeks after, they had like, um, because with Disney Plus, um, there are some films that are on there that you can't even watch yet because they still have deals with Netflix to have their stuff on there. NBC, uh, Netflix just announced they're going to be losing The Office forever uh, because it's going to be going to Peacock, which is NBC's um, and Universal streaming service. Uh, and Obviously, The Office is one of their biggest programs on Netflix, even though that's not a Netflix original series, um, and that's going to be a big hit. And we're starting to see that these companies, they're, they really are trying to find a way to make their their um, services uh, valuable as much as they can, uh, both with catalog stuff and with new material that they'd like to have um, in their database of, of new content that they'd like to produce. So... When, uh, But when HBO Max, Max had launched, uh, a lot of people considered that as a dead launch because of certain things that occurred, like they lost Harry Potter, like I think a month or two after HBO Max came out. Um, and a lot of people were frustrated as to why they would lose their own, you know, created franchise that they created. Um, I guess it was because of rights stuff uh, or streaming rights, I guess, of some sort, uh, which is why. And then I think another pair of films were also removed from their catalog that was still technically contractually obligated to be shown on somebody else's streaming service. Um, so these a lot of that started happening once HBO Max launched, which could have also be a very good reason why they really needed to make this decision because maybe it was looking too much like HBO Max would be, um, you know, was looking to be a very massive failure. Uh, and then my last bit w- with this, my last bit of evidence would be that uh keep in mind a little streaming uh service called uh oh, DC Yeah uh, what was their uh I think it was
1: DC Universe, but
0: uh yeah. Uh that app also, you know, that was also a flop. Um no offense to Warren, but I don't I honestly didn't really use it, but the few people that did use it really did enjoy it. But um even they knew that they would have to transfer a lot of that content to HBO Max. Um I still haven't heard them say what they're going to be doing with, you know, their superhero oh, shows that were those, on those that streaming service. I, uh, I know. I know.
1: Uh, no, I was going to say, cause I know Harley Quinn. Uh, I was, I watched that. I, I I bought the streaming, the DC universe for that, but I know they're, they're doing the next season on HBO right. Max, along with all their other stuff. Uh,
0: that's pretty cool then. Um. So yeah, I guess they were doing something, I didn't hear that. So that's really cool that you uh, brought that in there. Um, So hearing what you've heard, all the evidence, um, where do you see, you know, uh, I guess I don't want to get to, like, I'm trying to ask the right, like, final question here, because I feel like we've done enough on this aspect of the case against them as well. Um, But uh, for me, my last thoughts on, like, the very for the company aspect of what they did is, I get it, but uh, at the end of the day, like, you know, they always say that fortune uh, favors the bold. This was a very bold move. Some can, can, can call it a very bad move uh, because of some of the steps that they took. Uh, obviously it may have been a good idea on paper, but it would have been even better to know that they did it with the respect of the people that they work with and that they worked for and worked alongside for a long time, uh, both the creators and the subsidiaries uh, companies and the guild and everybody else that um, respects the name that is Warner Brothers in uh, the Hollywood industry. Um, so that's my final thoughts on the matter. So what hearing what you've heard about the, you know, the evidence brought up in the very, for the company aspect of everything, both from the a t t aspect, the DC, uh, ACS, DC all access app, app uh, failure. And, um, also the, how, uh, the launch was a very big misstep, uh, because they kept losing content. Um, after hearing all this, what are your thoughts on, uh, the rest of your thoughts on the for the company aspect of it? And, uh,
1: Anything um, like you're absolutely right. Uh, it is a bold move and it's, it's certainly something that, um, that was very like, you know, it, it did take a big risk and, you know, they, they most likely knew a lot of the consequences that were bound to happen with this. Um, I <laughs> do think it's, it's if it does go forward, I hope it's not the standard because it, it this does seem very like everything this year kind of like a one time kind of si- situational yeah. you know um approach but i do hope once this right. vaccines you know kind of distributed and things hopefully go back to normal that they they'll drop some, they'll drop you know ideas like this and like go back to the cinema yeah um there is yeah. a like a hint of a good idea in here like you know sometimes like there's the I feel like they could make a lot of like you know uh profit off of this like you know decision and like they can absolutely boost their HBO Max right. numbers and then from there hopefully we can even start to get you know positive changes moving forward um
0: yeah, yeah. And also bring it up like the, I forgot to bring it up, but the theater aspect of everything, meaning like a lot of these films, um, I didn't really bring this up, but this kind of adds another dimension to this part of the this point, I guess. Uh, actually, we can kind of move on to the, the final numeral case of this uh, against Warner Brothers, which would be the long lasting ramifications, which you kind of brought up being the, uh, like early on being the, uh, what this means for the future of cinemas. Um, both on the fiscal aspect and the routine aspect of everything and um, both what it could mean for the create, creators in the future that do or do or decide not to work with the Warner Brothers and so on and so forth because of this situation. Um, I would say my first big thing on this, the long lasting ramifications is uh, Abel had already kind of brought up the first point, which is uh, – the idea on paper is really, really good. Maybe their yeah, approach like, was a little bit hap-hazard.
1: iffy, hap-hazard, uh, obviously. what's yeah. the word? haphazardly. There we go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, um, the, what they were meaning to do, I felt was lost on everybody else because they didn't tell nobody what they were meaning to do. And, uh, that created a big mistrust, uh, in them, both from the industry itself and the people that work for, for them. And also the, uh. The people that do go to the movies often um, also kind of, in a way, gave a shock to the system and in a way that maybe not many people were expecting. I think uh, in the long run, we'll have to wait and see what this decision made for them, if it was worth it or not, and what it cost them. I think what it's going to cost them in the future is obviously a lot of relationships with certain creators that if they felt like they have a more personal project or a passion project, maybe they go to somebody else with that idea if they're not really happy with the rectification that they'll, that they get maybe from Warner brothers, if they do get any rectification at all. And um, I think that'll, it'll create a big rift within uh, it'll just gain, gain them a lot of time. It'll need a lot of time to regain the trust of the industry, I guess would be the first long lasting ramifications. Um, For me, the second point of long lasting ramifications would be that, you know, HBO HBO Max thrives from this, and they become a top contender in the streaming service wars. Who knows? Maybe they could even surpass um, Disney Plus and Netflix for a few months as one of the best streaming services out there after they do go about releasing these films on the on the app. Uh, my next bit, and probably my last bit, would be the so creators. Uh, oh yeah, the theaters. Okay, so the how this is going to affect theaters uh, will be also a, a big thing uh, because to me um a lot of people like you like we mentioned in the very beginning uh they're starting to see that there are other options out there i'm both glad for it and also scared of it because you know when i went to go see harry potter uh the franchise like uh they were playing it back this past few months and uh every week there were a few people in the theaters for some movies and none for other movies within that franchise and um when I would go, like, because I would go to the theaters, like, around, like, yeah, early and that kind of ordeal. So I would rarely see people. Yeah, I would rarely see anybody at that time. Then again, I go on the weekdays at the moment because of my job, but that should change soon as well. Um, I would really like to see how it is on the weekends because that, to me, will kind of let me gauge if people really still want to go to the theaters or not. Um, a lot of the times they want to be in home. They want to be in their own comfortable environment where they know they, they won't have to deal with any loud chewing from other people or talking or usage of phones in the theaters. And I think that this may set the precedent um, to, uh, with all these films going to HBO Max and if, especially if it works, it could be uh, like Abel said, a really long lasting idea that the industry goes ahead with and only gives the big theaters uh, or big movies to the theaters um, and kind of gets rid of a lot of the smaller projects like A Tenant or like A I don't know, another example, like an Irishman or something like that, um, where a lot of those films that could be big for the potential directors involved won't be as big to the studio system or won't be big enough to be uh, put in theaters because of if, ands, or buts. And that's uh, honestly really scary because we're starting to see stuff like AMC. They just recently announced that they may go uh, broke and go under in in January of of next year. And um, we're starting to see that these theaters are having – to find it's getting harder for them to sustain themselves and keep themselves afloat because they're using a lot of catalog films and a lot of backlog films, but most of the their money is made through concessions and the small cut that they get in uh, in regards to showing the films. And when you don't have a pro- like, I'm gonna sound like a drug dealer right now, but when you don't have the product um, needed to keep your to make money then obviously you're not going to be able to make money if you don't have that new product Um, and they haven't been able to get a lot of new product this year which is unfortunate for them because I love the theater going experience I'm a big uh, fan of the theater going experience and I don't think that that should be taken away for any film um, be it a film like Moonlight or a film like Dune Um, I don't care what the film is I just want to be able to see it or have the option to see it in the big screen no matter how big or small Um, Is my opinion on the matter and that will always be like my thoughts. I'm kind of like the same way I'm very like religiously devoted to the theaters no matter what I always try to get something when I go uh, Be it like something small like candy or something large like a popcorn or a drink or something uh, Because I know that's going directly to them It's not going to go to Warner Brothers and all these other studios that they're representing in usage of their films uh, And their theater capabilities. So that's kind of all I have for the long-lasting ramifications of this Uh, in summary um the what it can mean for the future going of the cinema going experience uh what it can mean for their um the prospect of hbo max and the rift that it may cause between their creators and their distributors uh alike so what are your thoughts on this last uh point uh in the case against uh hbo got max it
1: for um for this i think i I've, I've pretty much said everything i have to say um I I do hope they uh they can work something out with the directors right now. I know they're they're kind of in negotiations and like you said they're they're still they're being sued. Um at the end of the day, we kind of don't know what's going to happen <laughs> just like 2020 itself. It's unpredictable. They could absolutely uh stop this still. Like this is I get a feeling this isn't a 100% done deal. Right. But if <laughs> But if it is, like I said, I just hope that it's it's just for, like, the exception of, you know, this pandemic and that things do regress normally in the end. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I guess in conclusion, I kind of feel the same way as Abel. Uh, I kind of felt like that was just his concluding statement. But um, I uh, I guess for me, the conclusion would be, I do hope they find a way to make their creators happy and also make themselves happy, you know, they gotta make money and and i understand where they're coming from with that um obviously they should have uh hopefully they learned their lesson and next time they discuss with their creators and people that may be involved in any of their products that they'd like to put out um to be a little bit more vigilant and talking to your people making sure that they're okay with it so they can let like make sure that uh i feel like it would have been best to have them put their best foot forward because i remember patty jenkins Uh, herself posted when she got her deal with the thing I mean obviously she didn't talk about her deal but she was she put out a tweet uh, when uh, Wonder Wonder Woman was like one of the first ones announced for this new transition she was happy about it you know what I mean Um, obviously because of the information that you and I know and um, and what's been said in the news uh, obviously um, you know she she supported Warner Brothers and their decision to transfer Mm. that movie and do what they're gonna do with it you know what I mean And I think that um, a lot more people in the industry would be in less of an uproar if, you know, Denis Villeneuve came out and said "Um, we do understand everybody's excitement for the film, all that jazz. Uh, We still are. Uh, You know, it would have just been a really better look for Warner Brothers. And I do hope that they learn from this. They grow from this. And um, I hope all the parties involved get what they want. And, you know, we get movies the way they're meant to be seen um, in that way, but also, find some new innovations with hbo max um through this process uh, no, other than that do you have any it. conclusions before we finish it here abel all right well thank you guys for joining us uh this was a very thorough podcast today uh jeez, if i don't say this now i don't know when <laughs> but like and subscribe um
1: because <laughs> yeah, we definitely
0: guys. earned it in this one <laughs> yeah that was a, we were really presenting a case bro. oh my gosh that was kind of cool and that's kind of badass Okay, like, hey, i kind of feel proud um, i really feel proud right there i don't know That was, this is one of my favorite podcasts of all time that we just did because i think we went such a different way with it i've never been this organized with a topic before at least we've never been this scale uh like so focused on what we're saying and knowing exactly how to disperse the information. So it was just really cool to do this uh, this topic. Uh, The next <laughs> one will be a lot more happier. Yeah, it'll there's, be Disney. there's a lot of positive stuff. There. <laughs> the mind can control, control. Yeah, <laughs> so there's a lot of positive. Uh, I like got hour like leaving the courtroom to like go see a yeah. movie in the Disney. <laughs> oh go to God, Disney World really right now, like so that, like a freaking next freaking episode of this
1: right. Disney World, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're like going to be going into this fantasy magical world of everything that we want. And- <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, thank you guys for listening and uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we'll see you guys very soon. Keep subscribing. The next one.